Welcome to the Fashion Lab. The show that dissects the business behind fashion. Welcome to the Fashion Lab show. My name is Liz Ogumba Regisford, your host, and thank you for tuning in once again. Now, guys, on today's show, we are back to dissecting a conversation around uh, something that's very serious. We are talking cultural appropriation and kind of what you or I should actually be doing to protect your cultural IP. Now, before we get into deep into today's topic, we are joined by our contributors. Uh, we've got Edgy Benson in the house, who also runs NU in New York with his Echoes from New York. Welcome to the show, Edgy. Hi, Liz. How are you today? Fine, thank you. How are you? I am good. It's nice to be back on air. Who are you um, wearing and who made your clothes? I'm wearing my own brand today. I'm wearing my City Jump brand today. Very good. <laughs> Very good. Very good. We just launched our line of shirts, so I'm wearing that today. Very good. Yes. So yes, welcome yes. to the show. Uh, it's really good to have you on the show. We're also joined by our contributor, Francisca Marzilli, all the way from Lisboa, Lisboa with her echoes from, New from Europe. Welcome to the show, Francisca. Hello, Liz. Hello, Edgy. It's nice to hear from you again. It's nice to hear from you again. You look, your hair looks very bright and vibrant. What are you wearing and who made your clothes today? <laughs> today, I'm wearing a white shirt and uh, a white shirt and um, a black, uh, black trousers with my stilettos and uh, ready to jump. Nice. <laughs> well, don't jump too high, but thank you for joining us as well, Francisca. Um, for those who are tuned in, we also will be joined by uh, Zakia Bam, who's uh, our Glam-ish uh, chick right now. She's our brand new, a brand new segment on the show called Glamish, and she's the one who brings us all the tips and the tricks around how to make sure that we are glowing from the inside out and outside in, but more from a cosmetic beauty perspective. Also, a very quick reminder to you who are listening, my favorite segment of the show is called Who Would You Want to Dress and Why? So feel free to share with us your who's and your why's because that's the segment we use to unwind after heavy, heavy conversations. Keep your tweets coming. We are at Fashion Lab AF on Instagram. We're on Fashion Lab Africa on Facebook and Instagram. Sorry, Fashion Lab AF on Twitter, Fashion Lab Africa on Facebook and on Instagram. Share with us your thoughts. We really want to hear from you. Now, before we get into the topic deeper, I just want to also just share something, I mean, just a bit about um, cultural appropriation. And I know that when this comes to mind, there are a lot of unanswered questions. There's lots of unresolved issues that come along with that. And um, also, I feel like it's just sort of becoming such a bigger struggle for the fashion industry at its highest peak to maintain an ethical business model when it comes to this particular conversation. Um, my personal concern is not who who's inspired or how they actually apply it to their creative stories, but the fact that it actually goes deeper than that. I think inspiration is key. We touched a bit on it last week on last week's show. Uh, on my previous blog, I also unpack a bit about the current situation in this vicious industry and ways to actually play without stepping on toes. You know, you don't want to hurt people's little toes and pinkies. But while thousands of artists actually uh, from different sectors within the creative world, and we're not just talking fashion, draw a lot of inspiration from the continent of Africa, uh, I also think or my question today out of this conversation will be, does giving Caesar back what belongs to Caesar uh, become so difficult? We don't need, uh, I don't think anybody needs their blanket back, their Maasai blanket back, but maybe just being able to weave that into your story and actually maybe appreciate or congratulate the fact that it comes from that culture, I think that doesn't hurt. Anyway, 
it's a lot of conversations. We've got Edgy, we've got Francisca. We're going to unpack this a bit. I'm also going to pick their minds around what they feel about this. Um, there's been countless cases of cultural appropriation in Africa and beyond. And I think uh, if you play in this space without consideration or compensation in favor of certain communities or brands or just people, I think that that's what's not cool. And I'd love to hear from you. This is a very hot topic today. I think in order to also advance this industry, uh, intellectual property and ethics will definitely save the day. Um, I think that the 2019 fashion and lifestyle consumer demands for radical transparency. They're looking for accountability. They care about sustainability and therefore sometimes it's good to have some answers or to have some sort of solutions when it comes to these things. Anyway, moving into deep, uh, we are getting into the topic, but we are first going to roll over to Glamish with makeup maverick Zakia Bam, who will be loading on some new tips now. It's glam-ish. Hi everyone, this is your girl Zakia Baum, the makeup maverick here on Fashion Lab Africa Radio. So when it comes to cultural appropriation in beauty, the first thing that comes to my mind is one of the most remarkable women in history, Cleopatra. She was known for her extravagant natural beauty regimes like the milk and honey baths which softened and exfoliated her skin. She was an Egyptian African queen and yet in the 1963 movie she was portrayed as a white woman. If we look into some of her beauty routines and treatments, there are cultural elements which have been practiced for years here in Africa, and now they are the newest and latest trends. People spend hundreds of dollars to spend time in the, in the best spas in a Rasul chamber, for example. Um, apple cider vinegar, which was a daily toner for Cleopatra. It balances out the pH of the skin and it unblocks pores, amongst other benefits. And yet people are only coming to know of it now. A couple of years ago, I remember Gigi Hadid mentioned that she used it and suddenly it was the latest craze. Today, one of the go-to looks for most women is the infamous winged liner in red lip. Did you know that Cleopatra used red okra clay to achieve that lip? Some would say that Egyptian women were on top of the makeup game before it even started. As a fellow African woman, I feel that we need to channel these strengths of our African ancestors and project it to the world. Until next week, love and light, the Makeup Maverick. Mm. It's glam-ish. All right, thank you very much, uh, Zakia, uh, for the tips. It's been amazing. I think that some of us should apply that. I don't know if Edge is listening because I think he's the one who needs the most, but maybe I'm not ah. picking on you. I don't want to pick on you, Edge, but hey, guys. It's okay. Guys, you are tuned into Fashion Lab Radio, the show that dissects the business behind fashion in Africa. And uh, as we swiftly move uh, around our conversation, I just want to first of all explain what cultural appropriation is for those of you who may not be familiar with this term. Wiki describes indigenous intellectual property as an umbrella legal term used in national and international forums to identify indigenous people's claims of intellectual property rights just to protect specific cultural knowledge of their groups. Uh, I am not the only one who is going to be talking about this today, so I want to go straight into the topic. Edgy, uh, just to touch with you quickly uh, for a minute or two is, with all of these cases of, the, of cultural appropriation through the years, more than ever now, what's your take on cultural appropriation? Just what's your take on it? Well, for me, I'm, I'm almost, because fashion is such a broad standard thing, uh, culturally, I'm a little bit neutral in terms of cultural appropriation. I just feel like 
the more Africa contributes to this, to how fashion inspires itself. I feel like that is actually fashion paying respect to Africa in a sense, you know, as as fashion dips into those cult into our uh, into our culture and works with our colors and works with our silhouettes. I do feel that some sort of um, uh, in, in in some ways because respect sometimes is not tangible. I feel like that is a way of fashion showing respect in a very um like in a very tangible very emotional form to Africa's impact. So cultural appropriation, yes, it's a big, big, big word. But I do think that in, in its own way right now, fashion is giving back to Africa what, what it takes from Africa in terms of what it shows outside, right? But is it benefiting Africa in a way that we want it to benefit? That's the real debate. And that's how Africa needs to, how we structure ourselves to get the benefits of those of those um of those influences and how fashion uh, shows them you know thanks thanks i I just want to pick on francisca's mind francisca you're here with us as well what what's your take on 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 uh, cultural appropriation just generally but it's it's a very wide uh, subject because um i could say that um as, as uh, already the uh, edge mentioned, um, fashion is made of influences and, and uh, momentary uh, appropriations. Uh, of course, uh, of course, in a global market, in a global uh, village, uh, we are more and more. Um, uh, we have uh, we assist more and more to this. Cultural appropriation, uh, not only with African uh, African uh, styles, but also with uh, with um, uh, styles from every 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 continent. Every region, every, yes, yes. Every region, and I think that uh, the trends, uh, like uh, in the 70s, was the paisley or uh, um, the the pop art uh, in the 80s or. Uh, uh, high heels, for instance, that have a very, very far uh, origins uh, from the 16th century, from Caterina de' Medici. Uh, fashion is made by these uh, trends, by these currents. Uh, so I could, uh, I, I could redefine. Let me, let me redefine this. Uh, I could talk about uh, uh, momentary cultural appropriation. Of course, when a designer appropriates uh, himself uh, with uh, with something to to redistribute to create the collection uh, needs to know how much uh, uh, as possible to respect uh, as best as possible the culture is uh, is um, is taken in uh, in consideration but i think that uh, cultural appropriation is something that uh, goes hand in hand with the fashion trends I agree. So, do, would you say, Francisca, or are you say, would you say that you feel like different cultures to respond to this differently? Do you think Africa, we are making too much noise from the continent about this? I mean, do you think that that you know, and you've got a point when you say that yes, we draw a lot from different um, uh, cultures and different um, uh, different uh, regions and so many different facets of what inspires us, but. What are we saying? Because I, why do I feel that Africans uh, or the African creative hub is not the only 
um, hub that people drove from. But however, maybe it could be that the laws that protect this sort of protect their cultures is not strong enough or are people not paying attention or understanding that actually uh, culture is wealth. And if culture is wealth, how do you conserve it and how do you protect it? And how do you still allow people to celebrate it? You know, Liz, more than protect more, I, I would say uh, developed more exactly, more properly. Because sometimes I feel like... Uh, I, I see prints, I, pre, I see designs. I'm sure that uh, African cultures and African fashion culture is more than that. It's more than enough. It's more than a print. It's more than a design. Course, it's more than course. a color. So, I, uh, as European, I feel like uh, uh, there are a lot of information missing. For instance, um, I could say... Uh, there are so many things to say because uh, because when when you when you talk about the inspiration, you take uh, uh, as creative uh, for instance, I take uh, a lot of points from uh, one uh, from one culture if it's a culture or uh, or a topic. So I, I would not say that uh, uh, African uh, um, culture or African uh, inspiration for a designer. Uh, could be should be reduced or just to prints, just to colors. I feel like this. Yes, I, but, I but and 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 I and I think Francisca that that is true. But I think for me, what I want to do is first of all, you are yourself as a brand. You're a representative of brand. You your brand, but you also represent and you have worked in uh, in your organization representing other brands. Uh, mm -hmm. There there is an offense. Like people get offended. Like cultures get offended when you have something or you draw an inspiration from their culture without mentioning it. And I think that that's why the laws around cultural appropriation are getting revised more and more because, and even the, the term cultural appropriation, I don't remember. I, it's a very new term to me. I only learned about that a few years ago. And I think that there's something about also just being conscious to say, fine, if I'm working or I'm inspired by this culture, and maybe I like the Maasai blanket, how do I work with it or incorporate it into my work by still giving them credit, meaning I still celebrate their culture and whatever it is that is unique about it because I'm actually even drawing inspiration from it. People love it, the consumer loves it, everybody loves it. So how do you do that without, because the idea is how do you allow your inspiration to flow without stepping on toes? Because what's happening is you may be stepping on a toe, but in your head you feel like, what's the problem with them? Why are they? Why do they? Why are they upset? Or why do they need to? To why do they need to actually protect their cultural IP when they when you feel like it's something that is probably more accessible to the world and you feel like it actually is owned by the world? Because there's times where we we can sit down and that's why I said this is a very very um, sensitive topic, but also very hard to how do you balance this i have an idea right i have a thought i think sometimes we forget what fashion is you know because at its at its core fashion celebrates our humanity right our beauty our essences right yeah. so in this celebration fashion doesn't have borders we borrow from everything that that fascinates us for me i love coats and blankets i love inca blankets i love maasai blankets 
I think they are very good items to make coats. Um, but I think when we take out the word appropriation and allow ourselves to really celebrate and participate in mm -hmm. fashion, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I think what Africa likes sometimes is participation. We don't participate enough, so we feel a little bit on the fringes when people are using our culture as rich as it is. And believe me, they don't even know how to use it as much as we could, you know, if we participated, right? So for me, I just feel like let's celebrate it that this appropriation that we talk about actually we should feel great that designers feel the need to appropriate africa because they feel they see the wealth the richness of it now I how do can we i as can Africans i ask you something edgy and also francisca quickly what would you would you consider because maybe also it's about us deciding you know how the whole r kelly thing has come up and then after r kelly's scandal you've got a lot of me too me too me too okay that's mm -hmm. happening mm -hmm. We don't want to dive too deep into it. But the truth of the matter is, do you feel that appropriation has been taken to another level where anything that happens that looks like, for example, think about the cases like Ghana must go shopping bags versus the Gucci couture. Or think about Maasai versus Louis Vuitton. What do you, first of all, do you guys agree? Do, do you, what, what's your sentiments towards, towards that? Do you feel that that was appropriation? Because maybe we need to redefine what appropriation is because we still want to celebrate fashion. And as we're having this conversation, I can feel it in your souls as fashion people, as people who are global citizens, that you um, embrace you know, the, the magic of difference, meaning you want to still experience and, and, and expand through different cultures and borrow and tech and, and then blend into yours and because that's who we are. But would you say the cases like Ghana must go versus Gucci Couture, was that appropriation or do you think that they just, someone's taking things too far? I think that somebody's taking it too far and <laughs> somebody's misunderstanding, you know, misunderstanding what we are celebrating in these cultures that we appropriate, you know? um I, to be honest with you uh me too was i think me too has its you know that in this in this case we're just really celebrating influences that we love in fashion you know so i think i think maybe the word appropriation is not the right word maybe we should say fashion appreciation no you know <laughs> that kind of thing. So know, then listen, guys, and, and listen, I want to hear know? from Francisca, but I want to say if it was not considered cultural appropriation, why is cultural appropriation and the laws becoming so tight? Look at look at the laws, and we're going to talk a bit about some of the laws um, through the organizations like WIPO, because the laws are getting tighter, and, it, and I feel like people are operating on their tiptoes now and kind of don't know where to turn because... Like the Me Too situation, you might touch a woman's hand and you, you might just get into the Me Too crowd. Not that you were touching her like that, but I'm just saying it's so easy for something that wasn't meant to be the way that it became, become something bigger than what it was. And then suddenly it's a problem, but it's actually a turnoff because maybe that was not the intention even from the beginning. Hence your suggestion of appropriation to appreciation. Francisca, what's, what are your two cents? Do you really think the Gucci, for, for example, the Gucci versus Ghana must go? What, what do you think about that case? Did you find it over the board? Did you find that it, was, it shouldn't have been a case? Do you think that that's normal? Do you think that that's... I don't know. Uh, I, have, I, was, I had a conversation with some friends uh, a few days ago uh, about, uh, about the, the, the last collections of, uh, of Gucci. And uh, uh, we 
we decided <laughs> that we concluded that um, there are um, there are uh, they are looking for a new path for sure uh, it looks like uh, for the for the for the consumer it looks like uh, something incomprehensible i don't know really what uh, what's the path they are they are uh, looking for um, but uh, and uh, one nasty part of the group was uh, was uh, deciding that Gucci wants to sell as less as possible to be sold in a very low price. <laughs> this was the conclusion. <laughs> but uh, it's it, it's it's a very nasty uh, interpretation of this. Of course, so we are uh, crossing a a, um, a a period and an era of uh, very important transformations and uh, uh, this is a sign uh, uh, that uh, also fashion industry possibly needs to find a new a new path uh, i don't know it's it's totally impredictable in impredictable but uh, who knows uh, in this moment is uh, still in the chaos chaotic phase possibly guys, I, guys. I do Okay. I was just I was just going to say like you know the appropriation thing like it because it it that word tends to kind of have these connotations that are not really that great you know so like so I'm a black man I can call another black man the n word right but it's play <laughs> it's really playful so when you say Ghana must go it's like black to black it's you know but then when Gucci does that you know I don't see it in that light because they are not in like my understanding of that is very it's very deep rooted you know so i think when we take away all of that facade like you know and just celebrate it more appreciate cultures then we gain a lot more like what liz is wearing right now it's that could be anywhere right True. right on the on the on the runways and nobody will think about that. it's got african hints on it you see it from that broad spectrum. But it could be from anywhere. It could be from Asia. It could be from anywhere. It, it could be... I, I hear I hear you, Edgy. I hear you guys. I want to ask you something really serious. Nuno Gama of Maison Nuno Gama explains cultural appropriation to sort of comprise of all types of acts that don't uh, necessarily dignify the culture of people and withdraw its meaning and dignity. And that's how he says they're considered offensive. What, how do you guys take this? And when I speak this, I say, according to Nuno Gama's words, he's basically saying, if it doesn't dignify the culture of the people and withdraw its meaning and dignity, then it is offensive. How do you maintain your dignity? And Edgy, you're also in the uh, design space. Francisca, you're also working, besides your brands, you're touching so many other brands. Because now, how do you, how do you, how do you, how do you make sure that you're protecting this dignity and its meaning to a culture that you maybe don't even understand. How are you going to even understand the meaning of this culture? How are you going to understand when you've actually taken them off there, when you've literally hit them on the wrong, on the wrong foot or the wrong side? And how do you maintain that? Because at the end of the day, we still want to be ethical. We're still conscious people. We still care. Meaning that if what I'm wearing right now, Edgy thought was offensive to him, I wouldn't really change, no, well, I will try to change it depending on how I feel, but I will try to do it for the sake of him 
feeling more comfortable even though i'd be like i don't know what is wrong with this but you know hey let's change tops so because we are conscious people how do you play in a space where there are laws around this there's something called cultural appropriation people can take it to whichever level they want to take it to there's nothing you can do about it not me you not you not francisca nothing we can do about it and how you see it and how i see it and how edge sees it might have different uh, sort of levels but it is what it is how do you play in a way that you actually are not considered offensive by still respecting that and still celebrating the magic of difference through this inspirations that we draw from everywhere can i say something really quickly mm-hmm. because because I, sometimes i think we forget fashion is just about our shapes and our silhouettes right <laughs> That's yeah. really it. It's just yeah. about the silhouettes. So yes. these silhouettes can be anything, you know. I, I mean, we can culturally appropriate them, but at the at core, we are borrowing a silhouette. We're borrowing, a, you know, something, yeah. a, a movement, it's a, a print, you know. Yeah. I was I was suggesting a, a very basic and minimal solution from a stylist stylistic point of view just to to have a a, a common agreement about uh, everybody in the universe <laughs> i don't know <laughs> uh, it's you a know, very complex you know so the idea is how freedom of inspir- of inspiration should not be confused with the right to use what is considered to be a part of an indigenous cultural her- heritage without having the consent uh i don't know how many people are going to have consent and like i said i really think that there's going to be a time very soon i foresee the world coming to a space where everything's going to be everyone's i don't know how we're going to be able to differentiate what's what and i think for me what i love or what i what i really enjoy is when i go into spaces and i actually experience a culture and i say my gosh i've never experienced this anywhere else because i love and i appreciate the uniqueness of the culture because we're living in such a globalized world where everything has become everything that when you see something unique you actually fall back and you say wow respect so i really still wish and hope that we can still have and celebrate fashion through this different cultures and still celebrate who they are and be we respect i think for me when we celebrate when i like something when i like an indian sari i actually like an indian sari and everybody knows it's a sari and when i decide to do a collection using saris i actually say you know what this is the sari inspired collection because it is but anyway guys i want us to have uh, a way out of this because uh while we go back and forth on this topic topic trying to find sustainable solutions also trying to get to understand what is cultural appropriation i think someone needs to redefine this but in the meantime you've got groups like uh WIPO who have proposed the application of intellectual property law and intellectual property property law has become such a big thing now and it's almost scared like i said i feel like people are walking on their tiptoes looking around and trying to figure out what what collection do i create without offending who uh according to wipo these three most commonly suggested tools for those who actually want to protect their cultural ip you've got trademarks trademark is a recognizable a recognizable sign design or expression which identifies a product or whatever it is you've got um uh, uh copyright which is obviously a legal right existing in many countries that grants you the creator or creative uh, of an original work exclusive rights and all of that to determine all of that so we all know the copyright then you have 
then you have the patent law but you know guys <laughs> yes with all of this suggested uh with all of these suggested um options of how to protect your ip uh, there are faults in, in them as well. So you have to really look carefully. You have to think about your zone. You have to think, or, or your location, your region. You have to think about all of that. But I still think that there's power in protecting whatever it is that you're building if you really feel so strongly about it. Uh, before we move on further, Francisca, do you have any last words or, or just your parting shots on this topic uh, around people who are maybe confused about cultural IP or people who are, what's your... What's your, what's your last take on this before you leave us? Um, I could say that uh, don't take a fashion too, serious, too seriously because uh, we make clothes. We make clothes. That's it. And, um, and I remember another thing. When you buy something, you don't have to think so much. Does it sweet you? Uh, does it um, does it add an, uh, a value to to your to your silhouette to your person? Does it express what you are? What you want to express? If it doesn't, leave it there. Don't think too much because we make clothes. Yes, <laughs> it's easy. <laughs> yes, Francis is like just go make clothes, clothes. okay? As long as you're conscious. Francisca, thank you so much for that. Um, Edgy, hang on tight. Guys, we will thank be right you. back. Yes, Bye. we will be right back after the break. Uh, yes, we'll Ciao. be right back. Thank you. Thank you, Francisca. Ciao. <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs> Welcome to the Fashion Lab. The show that dissects the business behind fashion. Okay, Edgy, we are rolling back to you. What are your thoughts or what are your final thoughts and what uh, would you advise those who are sitting on the corner thinking, what is cultural appropriation anyway? And what about those who are sitting on the fence saying, you know what, we are really offended and no one's really helping us uh, sort of protect our cultural uh, IP. What are your t what's your final take? And think about both parties. Think about, yes, we are free, we make clothes and we are happy. But think about the other side of the fence where you've got, because there's only laws only come into place when there is a problem or when there is imbalance. And definitely there is imbalance. For me, I just feel like we, fashion and all of us have to follow the trajectory of, of the world, right? Mm -hmm. Which is moving more towards freedoms, right? And these freedoms are more all encompassing. So at some point, I think cultural our cultures are going to merge more and more and more. So maybe in some sense, this is us celebrating our cultures and keeping them alive, right? Mm -hmm. Because, look, the Maasai blanket might die in Kenya, but it's it's, it's popular in, in Argentina, right? <laughs> yeah. You know? So yeah. just because that's, that's how fashion is very pollinating, you know? It's almost like a butterfly pollinating cultures, you know? So mm -hmm. that's what I'm saying. Maybe we are, we are keeping our cultures alive with this thing we call, call i mean people might call it cultural appropriation i call it cultural appre appreciation that's us there's no way we can fight this what am i going to say like oh i made this maasai blanket <laughs> the guy in, in 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 pride can't make it or he has to at least respect my how do you show that yeah but I, but i think but did you understand my thing edgy where i said it wasn't the war and my personal concern is not who made it because mm. anybody can make it. We can have a, a billion variations today of a Maasai blanket. Yes. From different parts of the whole world. 
with different twists to what they are used to or what they know and then what they know it to be yeah. and how they decide they want to how they perceive it everyone perceives these things differently so i'm saying for me my war is not my and it's not a war but my personal concern is uh the fact that uh you might step on people's toes when people say they are offended about something even in just your relationships our relationships whatever wherever we are your what you have to do as a person is to find out where you sort of stepped on their toes because whether you know it or not you'll have to know and if you do that means you're conscious so for me my biggest thing is the countless cases of cultural appropriation without any consideration or compensation in favor of the communities is what is not cool meaning if you are in argentina and you're making or creating or crafting this Maasai blanket and you say it's inspired by the Maasai culture i feel like that that's good because then it it is influence and just what's so hard what is so hard to say that this is inspired by the bubu what is so hard what's wrong with that i get your point if that if that is going to give the community where you drew that inspiration from uh dignity or it'll make them feel respected what what's so hard with that what's so hard you're totally right i think i think you that's the point you are saying it should be a responsibility to show respect to this culture yes. right whether Look, you feel it's respect whether it, to you it to you it might be like what are they kidding me but if that's what they call that's how they feel that you're ripping them off of their dignity and you hear that why wouldn't you do it just for them just for just because culture culture is shocking they're shockingly different you know that is a very good conversation that's a very genuine conversation to have quite honestly i do think that cultures in a sense a simple thing like that especially when it's a big design house that says pays homage like to to a culture that they base a, a collection on can go a long way in actually mm, impacting on people's perception of that culture so yes i think it's a that's a very good way but i don't think the people who thought about uh, cultural appro- appropriation thought about it in this way that you've said it because then the language will be very succinct and everybody will understand it you know it's like make it simple make it really elementary let's help our cultures live right when you have fashion as a responsibility when you borrowed from a culture you have impact talk about it a little bit you know you know i think that's not happening enough it should like Stella McCartney yes. had this huge yes. collection yes. that's African and everything. Yeah. I think she could have taken a little bit of, you know, a minute to say, these are my inspirations, you yes. know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And like I said, when people, what I also realized with these conversations that we've had with other people is people are ready to get into war and people want to go to war. And I'm like, we are not, it's not a war. If you just could give credit, just say this is inspired by that. And that would make a community that comes from the north of Australia feel mm-hmm. like they are, they have their dignity. They feel like maybe they have respect from the world because then don't come and be inspired. Don't take that. They don't, don't, don't extend their stories and their culture, which is so special and so important to them. You know, that's the thing is we don't understand culture and cultures are different. And that's the part where as conscious people, we need to like nuno gamma says we need to realize the difference between inspiration in a culture and cultural appropriation 
through that whole intellectual property and ethics sort of code where you say, okay, there is IP, there's ethics. Come on, you can do better. Guys, like you can't just sit and say, anyway, I think... I want to tell you something really quickly about this. Yes. Like the what you are saying, that like the impact this could have. So there's a small town in Texas called Marfa. Mm -hmm. This town has maybe, I don't know, seven, 17,000 people. Oh, 1,700 or so people. Maybe, I don't know, a few people. Somebody made an installation called Prada Marfa, right? Like mm -hmm. in the desert, they just built this cube and they put Prada on it. But just imagine the impact of that because it's Prada this town automatically to me is important, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm saying, I agree with you that fashion could landmark cultures like that in yeah. just, you know, being more expressive about, yeah. about these influences. I agree with yeah. you, Edgy. Those who are tuned in, guys, this is Fashion Lab, the show that dissects the business behind fashion. We are talking cultural appropriation and protecting your cultural IP. I think the main thing is actually understanding what cultural appropriation means. And like Edgy says, maybe we should start calling it cultural appreciation. But then that's only for the ethical people who actually understand that they are not appropriating cultures. But guys, we are rolling over quickly to move into our fantastic style wine guide. It's time for your wine style guide. Brought to you by Liz Ogunga Wines. Uh, Eji, I'm rolling over to you. Who do you, what's your wine style guide for today? For those wine lovers in the house. Because I'm so unsavvy with wine, my wine style guide would be like a really, really, like one of those Little black dresses with your stilettos. Your wine style guys are so boring, but like, okay. Guys, that's Edgy. I'm telling Edgy, you just need to, you know what, guys? I'm, I'm going to work on him. Last year and the other years, for four years, he was wearing wearing diesel jeans for four years. And I got him I'm out of that. So I think there's hope for me. But today, <laughs> today, I personally, uh, I think for my wine style guide would be how to hold your wine glass, how to hold your wine glass when you're drinking it. Because I've seen people drinking their nice uh, glasses of, say, red wine. You've got a beautiful long stalk or stem. And you've got this beautiful, delicious looking goblet. And then you've got someone's big fat hands just smack on the thing. Guys, like stay away from there and get on the stock uh, and do it elegantly, okay? I will show you what I'm talking about, but this has been brought to you by Lizo Guba Wines. In fact, maybe if you start drinking my wine, you might change your finger position. But anyway, guys, uh, Francisca, what is your st wine style guide today? My thought about a, a wine moment today goes to a nice sparkly Prosecco to have uh, with some uh, aperitifs, uh, some salty aperitifs, uh, and uh, uh, cheer up with the friends uh, after uh, one day of work. My wine style tip for today is always snuff, swirl, and then sup. Wine style guide brought to you by Liz Ogunga Wines. All right, guys. Uh, moving back to finally wrap up this show. Uh, it's been amazing. Edgy, thank you for your contributions. Francisca, um, 
I'm sitting here, Zakia, thank you very much as well. We're going to use some of those tips because that's what we need to do. Uh, Edgy, do you have any parting shots uh, on uh, this uh, conversation today around the cu uh, cultural appropriation, what it means, and even just how to protect it? I, I will talk more about not how we protect it because that's a little bit more difficult, but how we appreciate it, how we show this appreciation. Uh, let's... let's Let's consciously landmark these cultures when we use them and uh, just give them a, a little hi, a little hello. Say, this is a culture. This is what inspired me. And um, I'm grateful for these inspirations. I mean, you don't have to say you're grateful for the inspirations, but I think just a little mention goes a long way. Uh, it also drives young designers to research more and appreciate cultures more. Yeah, but Edgy, you know one yes. thing? I know we are wrapping up now, but let's not say that it shouldn't be because there is cultural appropriation exists. And I think for those who are tuned in, I don't think you should leave this show thinking, oh, well, we can just continue doing what we are doing. No, we've spoken about different facets. I'm not sure what our final uh, sort of advice would be. Edgy has shared his sentiments. So Edgy, do you actually believe... I mean, I want us to not leave uh, our listeners in a sort of space where uh, it's almost like cultural appropriation is something that just doesn't exist because I believe it does and I think that it's really a concern. Do you believe that it exists? And do you, is it a concern to you? Because it is there. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, I, think, I think it is important. I think it's something that fashion must do consciously. And you know, fashion, we always have a really cool take on things. I think we can find a good way to do it. And I think it encourages young designers coming up to respect cultures, research yes. them, and yes. be inspired by them. Okay. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I think for me today, um, my parting shot would be that, you know, and I just want to quote the conclusions of the Cultural Sustainability in Fashion Workshop. This is from the Swedish School of Textiles um, in Boris. Is the responsibility starts in the design department. Research and expert support are paramount to getting clarity on the limits between inspiration, appreciation, and cultural appropriation. So if you know what's better for you, you need to know what to do with that. Yeah. Now, um, you guys can, uh, for any questions, for any conversations, or if you want to take this further, you can uh, do this on Twitter at Fashion Lab AF, or you can uh, Instagram or fashion or fa Facebook at Fashion Lab Africa. We really want to hear from you. And for emails, we are on info at fashionlabafrica.com. Now, uh, we are uh, at the best part of my show. Remember, I spoke about my favorite part of the show. It's called Who Would You Want to Dress and Why as we wrap out. So rolling over to Who Would You Want to Dress and Why. Who would you want to dress? <laughs> Edgy, who would you want to dress today besides me? Bad day to choose not you because I, I have done a slipper, a, a sandal just for you in our collection. So today is not a good day to say not beside to say besides you. And this is it. It's a white, barely there sandal that we're working on. I just got the samples today. So yes, you're 
you're you're the girl i want to dress today wow edgy i'm such a lucky girl guys and i'm like from next week he cannot dress me guys let's just all make a make a deal okay let's make a deal and get against him otherwise he cannot dress anyone not me but thank you edgy i'm flattered as usual um francisca who would you want to dress today today i would like to dress uh, shade ado she's an icon for me since ever since i was an adolescent and um she's uh, a timeless uh, a stylish figure for me so i would like uh, a lot to dress her someone i would love to dress is tracy ellis ross i love her bold style and her love of color oh fantastic haha <laughs> Um today <laughs> Today you know what I would love to dress my my husband my 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 husband <laughs> You know I never talk about him but listen he exists for those who are look at me with their left eye hey he exists so don't worry that you don't see him But the reason I want to dress him is first of all because we are celebrating 80 years of marriage and I think that that's a big milestone secondly He's one of the only people who look like him who's got if I show you his shoe closet and his shirts and his things you'll just have a heart attack. So I love the fact that he just literally says, "Hi Liz, babe, I need 12 shirts." I'm like, "12? Who orders 12 shirts in one in like two days?" I mean, like who does that? So he orders a lot and he loves color, he's flamboyant, and I think that also for his frame He's got some nerve. He's the guy who's got like yellow, orange, pink and blue sneakers. I mean, he's got like red <laughs> shoes and he's got like yellow jackets and he's got like and they're swerve and he looks good in them. So I think also this is for all the cool guys who think that they are framed a bit different and are probably shy to express themselves. It is okay. In fact, I think that there's nothing as good as a man walking in and looking swerve in his colorful yellow or blue light blue two piece or three piece i think it's beautiful but thank you guys for tuning in to the fashion lab uh for our contributors thank you very much zakia francisca edgy it's been great having you and for those of you who are tuned in i hope that if nothing else that you are able to elevate your minds through these conversations that we have here until next week it is bizu The fashion lab. The fashion lab. The show that dissects the business behind fashion. fashion. fashion.